If I were to ask you, or if I were to say to you, who are you, which I am doing a lot at the moment, as I'm new here, and I'm trying to get to know all your names, I wonder what you would say. Now, if someone asked me that question, said, who are you, I'd say, well, I'm Stephen Harrison. But they could come back to me and say, no, that's not who you are. That's your name, but it's actually not who you are. Maybe I might say, well, yeah, I'm a pastor. And they would say, no, that's not who you are. That's what you do. Maybe I could say, well, I'm British. They'd say, well, no, that's your nationality. It's possibly where you live. And now, however we might answer that question, probably most of the answers that we give don't really tell who we are. The question is, is who you are determined by what you do or, what is, or is what you do determined by who you are? And I'm convinced that our hope for growth as Christians as well as hope for meaning and fulfilment is based on, on understanding who we truly are. Specifically, our identity in Christ. And the passage that was read to us, at the beginning, it talks about the fact that we are in Christ. It talks about us being dead. It talks about us being raised with Christ. And it talks about us being with Christ in the heavenly realms. And that the old self has been taken off and the new self put on. And this morning I want to look at that not all the passage that we read really, I want to look at our status, what it really means to be in Christ. What our status is, not what our feelings are about who we are, but our status in Christ. And what a difference it can make when we really and truly understand who we are in Christ. What a difference it will make to our daily lives. And this is so vital for us as Christians. We need to understand, we need to know who we are in Christ and to truly believe it, to live it. Not simply in our mind to say, yes, this is what we believe, but also in our hearts so that it affects how we live. So as we begin, I want to ask everyone a question. You may choose to put your hands up or not. But who here believes that they are sinners? Okay. I'm going to shock you all and say, no, you're not. Not if you are in Christ. I'm going to have to explain that, of course. But no. We are saints, not sinners. Really important. The Bible constantly talks about those who are in Christ being holy ones or saints. The letters, many of the letters start, have starting points as to the saints in. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 2 says, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified, to those made holy in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people. It's a really important point. The thing is, if we see ourselves as sinners, then we will sin because this is who we believe we are. But our status in Christ is as holy people. Made holy. 
Not we will be made holy, but we are holy. We have been made righteous. We have been clothed with the righteousness of Christ. And uh, Dave uh, earlier read, it says from the message, you are dressed. Not you will be dressed, but you are dressed. Not Not sometime in the future, not even you are being dressed, but you are dressed. This is who we are in Christ if we trust him as our Lord and Saviour. If you see yourself as a saint who sometimes sin, which we do, it makes a huge difference. The thing is, we do all sin. Yes, we do. But when we do, we are going against our very nature. Against who we are. We are new creations. There's an old chorus that says, I am a new creation. No more in condemnation. Here in the grace of God I stand. We are not sinners, we are saints, but we are saints who sometimes sin. Real change has occurred. We may look the same on the outside, but real change has occurred. We are new creations. And actually this becomes evident when we sin, because when we sin, we are convicted of it, and we feel really bad inside. We know that we have gone against our nature. So we are not sinners, we are saints. And people often come to me and they doubt they are Christians because of their struggle with sin and in particular what used to be called a besetting sin, those things that we keep doing again and again and again and again and we just seem to not be able to stop. The fact that it bothers us when we're like that is evidence that God is working within us because it goes against who we really are. Before we were believers, before we came to Christ, we could sin and it didn't really bother us. Hey, so what? And the reason was because that's who we are, or we were. But it bothers us now because we're not acting in accordance with who we actually are in Christ. And when we're children of God, we're not going to sit comfortably with sin in our lives. And we need the nature of Christ within us so that we can be like Christ, not just act like him. It's not simply that we have to imitate Christ, but he's making us, or he's made us partakers of his nature so that we can actually be like him. We are not Christians by acting like one, we are Christians because we have that new nature. We are new creations. And Jesus is interested in creating new persons from the inside out by giving us a new nature and creating in us a new self. Once that happens, then we can change our behaviour. And that's why Paul can write here, later on in the passage that was read to us just a moment ago, about getting rid of all those things that are listed here. It becomes possible because we are new creations and we have Christ's nature. Without him in our lives, we cannot hope not to do those things. So we need to see ourselves as saints who sin, but we are not sinners. We are holy ones. We are dressed and clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And we don't have to try to become what we already are. We don't need to act like we think Christians should act. We simply need to be who we already are. So, we are not, we, we, we are saints, not sinners. So all those who put your hand up, You're not a sinner if you know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. You are a holy one. We are redeemed. 
Yeah. We are redeemed sinners, but we are no longer sinners. But not, but not by your status. When God sees us, Yeah, but we, but our status is as a saint, as a holy one. We are, but we saints who sin. We really are. And if we see ourselves as saints, as holy ones, it will make such a difference to our lives. We do sin. I sin. But I'm a saint who sins and I go against my nature. But we're also children of God. You are a child of God. When we are in Christ, we are children of God with a wonderful heavenly Father. But as I say this, I realise that there may be here, some people have a false perception of what a father is like, possibly because of their earthly father. And what we need to think about is the father we would have liked to have had, how you would perceive a good father should act. And that is what God is like. He is a good, good father. We're going to sing that song later on. We're also going to sing I am a child of God later. But God is a good, good father. And I just want to go through some things, how Satan lies to us. Because perhaps you're here today as you see Father God as distant and uninterested in you. That's how you see God as your father. But Psalm 139 says this, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. You see, God our Father is intimate and involved. Oops, wrong one. I haven't got out there perhaps. But he's actually intimate and involved in our lives. He loves us. He's that good, good father. But some of us might see God as insensitive and uncaring. But Psalm 103 verses 8 to 14 says, The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are he remembers we are only dust. God is actually compassionate and kind. That is who our Father, our Heavenly Father is. And perhaps you see God as passive and cold. Isaiah 40 verse 11 says, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. He's actually warm and affectionate. This is Father God. Perhaps you see God as absent or too busy. Ezekiel 34 says, 
this, this is what the sovereign law says. I myself will search and find my sheep. I will be like a shepherd looking for his scattered flock. I will find my sheep and rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on that dark and cloudy day. I will bring them back home to their own land of Israel from among the peoples and nations. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel and by the rivers and in all the places where people live. Yes, I will give them good pasture land on the high hills of Israel. God is eager to be with us. He's with us. He's with you. He loves you. He delights in you. And he searches for you. He's eager to be with us. And do you see God as impatient, angry or never satisfied? Exodus 34 says, God, God, oh God of mercy and grace, endlessly patient, so much love, so deeply true, loyal in love for a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity, rebellion and sin. God is patient and slow to anger and delights in each of us. And Jeremiah 31.3 says, Long ago the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love I have drawn you to myself. God is loving, gentle and protective. He's not cruel or mean or abusive. This is our Heavenly Father. This is the truth. Satan will lie to us. He will try to say, God is none of those things. And sometimes we'll listen to him, we'll listen to our feelings. But the truth is, God is the thing. This is who he is. And many of us here this morning have children. And it doesn't matter whether they're grown up now or still young and living with us at home. Think about how you feel towards your own children. And this is how God feels to each of us. And then more than that. This is what it means to be a child of God. Your status is as a child of God. And God loves you with an everlasting love. And then finally, we are seated in the heavenly realms with Christ. Ephesians 2 verse 6, For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. And Paul has has said in Ephesians 1 that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. This is again our status. It's not sometime in the future. We are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms now. That's what the Bible teaches What does it mean? It means that actually we are sitting on thrones right now. We are a royal priesthood and we are sitting with Christ on these thrones and all that that implies. I wonder how it would make you feel if you discovered that you were related to royalty. I don't know how many of you watch EastEnders. I don't watch EastEnders. But there's um, somebody in it called Danny Dyer who plays one of the characters, apparently, and he's a cockney. He, and I don't know if any of you have seen the programme, Who Do You Think You Are? He did a programme on that, and they went back in his, uh, in his past, and apparently his 22 times great-grandfather was Edward III, I think. It made himself look at himself differently, because... This Cockney, who knew Cockney rhyme in slang, had royal blood 
flowing through his veins. The fact is, if you know Jesus as your saviour, if you are in Christ, you are related to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and the God of God. So it's not just related to Edward III, but you are related to the King of Kings. Someone far more important than Edward III. You are in the family of God and so so seated with Jesus in the heavenly realms. That makes a difference, or it should do, to how you see yourself and how you live your life. So we are saints, not sinners. We are children of God. And all that that implies is that he, as our heavenly father, this good, good father, and I'm loved by him, that's who I am. I think we're going to be singing that in a, in a, a moment, I think. And we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. So the title of this sermon was Live Because You Are Alive. That is your status, you are alive. So live because of these things, who your status is, who you are in Christ. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we do thank you that in Christ we are all of these things. Lord, we recognise that we don't always feel like these things. And Satan will try to lie to us and say that we aren't any of these things. But Lord, thank you. Thank you that we are clothed in your righteousness. That is who we are now. Thank you that you are our Father and we are your children. And thank you that we are seated with you in the heavenly realms now. Lord, help us to really take that to heart, to know what it really means, to help it to make a difference in our lives, how we live day by day, to your honour and to your glory. Help us to live because we are alive. In Jesus' name. Amen.